in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Brooklyn Nets were swept by the Boston Celtics after a four-point loss last night. There goes my team. Your it's pick, all over. Your pick to come out of the East did not it's win a game. Over. They didn't win a game. In the postseason. <laughs> uh, That's not good. Kevin Durant did take 31 yes. shots yesterday. Finally got some up, uh, which, by the way, might be more concerning than the first three games where he didn't shoot is that Kevin Durant took a bunch of shots and they lost. How was this team supposed right. to win if Kevin Durant shooting a lot wasn't going to be the 39 answer points on 31 shots. Yeah. Um, so if we jump ahead to next year really quick, should the Nets be anywhere near the top of the favorites to win next year's I title? Mean, can you tell me Kyrie's not out of his mind? No. Okay, then I can't <laughs> believe that they're the, they're the favorites next year to win the title. Like, there is an element of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and even Ben Simmons... Right. Is good. It's good. It's a good enough trio to win an NBA title. But how many games are you going to get of those three playing together is a legitimate question. And the rest of that roster, is it going to be a train wreck? Right. And those two questions probably make them a, you know, hey, they're going to have the fifth best odds in the East or something like that. Not the best odds no. in the East. So I don't know. Do you believe in this year? The Boston Celtics is NBA. Chance. More and more, I do. You do? Yeah, more and more. Uh, their defense has been. Their defense was defense very good in the regular season. Their defense was incredible. Yeah. In this series, uh, I'm fascinated to see them defending Giannis and how that works out. What for a series them. that's going to be. Can Can they get Chris Middleton? What a back? series that's going to be. Disappointed. Middleton's probably going to miss all of that. Helps series, the Celtics some of a that ton. Series. Yeah, it does. Um, Team Celtics are really good defensively, and if Jason Tatum, like this, could be Jason Tatum sort of rise into it's kind of coming up, Barty. the the upper tier of NBA yeah, stars, elite players. Yeah, if they're able to, even if they don't win the title, if they make it out of the East and he plays really well, he'll probably be in that conversation going forward. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Toronto won Game Five in Philadelphia. Sixers won the first three of this series, and the Raptors have forced a game six. They had five players in double figures yesterday. Here's the fun stat for you. Joel Embiid took six free throws in game five. His free throw attempts by game, 11 in game one, 14 in game two, and the last three, nine, nine, and six. Stop talking to the officials. Stop criticizing the officials. Joel Embiid doesn't get the calls in one game criticizes the officials, gets even less free throw attempts in the very next game, and the Sixers lose both of them. I thought you were going to say the key to this game was Kem Birch starting. Is that the key to the game? I thought it was. All right. You got to get as many running Rebels in the starting lineup as possible for that to happen. Joel Embiid, by the way, was fined $15,000 for criticizing officials, so wasn't as clever as you were giving him credit for yesterday because he still got fined. (laughs) Yeah, 15 grand. That guy, it's 
It's more about Pennies. the find than the actual money. You can't go. You can't find people like a million dollars for saying be funny something about the refs. Now, if he keeps doing it, it'll escalate. But you can't just be the NBA. Can't be like, oh, you said the refs had a bad game. Well, technically, you said they had a good game. They but had a you, good say, game. you say the refs did a bad job. Here's a million dollar fine. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> well, of course it would be, but it'd be funny. <laughs> Fifteen thousand dollars is less about the monetary amount and more about just the stop criticizing. Right, the officials. You're, you've been warned basically yeah. you're being punished for this even though it's not a significant right. punishment for how much they make cocaine isn't cheap dallas beat utah 102 77 yesterday luke at 33 jalen brunson at 24 serious question for you is dallas going to the western conference finals i think if i mean is devin booker going to be back because if he's not going to be back, Dallas is kind of sneaky good, I think, with Luka. So they need to win one more against Utah, right? That series right. is 3-2 now. If they do that, they're in the second round against the winner of Phoenix and New Orleans. If New Orleans pulls off the upset, Dallas is probably going to the Western right. Conference Finals. But uh, presuming Phoenix pulls it off here, you're right. The Devin Booker health, that might determine who's in the Western Conference Finals. Because if Devin Booker comes back like 90% or better, the Suns probably win that series. Yeah. But we just saw a game where Chris Paul took uh, scored four points yeah. in a game. Right, They play again tonight. Curious to see if Chris Paul scores more than four points. I assume he will. Um, but they play that series. And like we talked about with Brandon Ingram right now, Luka Doncic would be far and away the best player on the court in that series. And the way Jalen Brunson has been playing... There's a chance Jalen Brunson's the second best player yes. in that series. Like, it's probably still Chris Paul. Jalen Brunson's making himself a lot of money, yeah. by the way. But there's a chance. Yeah, yes. But there's a chance Jalen Brunson is going to be like the second or at least third best player in that series. How are you not Stephen A. Smith right now about Jalen Brunson? He's playing well. Because because you called him out. You gotta you gotta take credit well, for you him. You gotta go find the audio. Okay, yeah, fine. That that's the way we gotta do it. Do you think they've slayed the dragon and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some, some supper? This is one of my favorite types of stories. Alan Snell of LV Sports Biz uh, published this story. The LVCVA paid $164,000 for eight people to go to the Super Bowl. The LVCVA is funded by tax money here in Las Vegas. So we paid $164,000 for eight people to go to the Super Bowl. It was three members of the LVCVA. There was one Raiders employee in here, one MGM employee in here, one Nevada Resorts employee, uh, the former chairman of the Gaming Control Board, not the current, but the former, and the guy that's the head of the Las Vegas Super Bowl committee. They spent $164,000 in public money to go to the Super Bowl because they needed to prepare for Las Vegas to host the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not... Against some going, I don't know about eight, because I think if you're going to host a Super Bowl, and Jared and I were there, you need to know everything that's going on. You need to know that Apple should be charged $5 a piece. So I'm not I'm not against some people going. Like Steve Hill, if he wants to go the chairman and CEO, maybe the Super Bowl, uh, the head of the Super Bowl committee, because there's a lot that goes into hosting a Super Bowl. I don't know what the uh, Nevada Resort, well, Nevada Resorts, the former, I don't know what the forming chairman of the Gaming Control Board had to do there. Um, you see 164000 was that just the hotel rooms? Because uh, I'll tell you what, those hotel rooms are expensive. They spent 25000 on tickets. So They needed tickets? They Right? That's uh, the part that's blowing my a, mind. And it, here's the thing. 
guests of the league. Yeah, exactly. You're hosting. Right. You're, you're hosting the Super Bowl. An employee of the Raiders, an NFL team, uh, MGM employee, went to the Super Bowl because we paid for it. Wouldn't you love to know who it is? It's Jeremy Aguero. Alan Snell. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He named names. Yeah, he named names. He's got all the names. So Alan Snell had all the names. Oh yeah, he had all the names. But like, publicly shame him, Tyler. We don't know Alan Snell. But yeah, like, it's it's one of the fun. They and here's they only spent twenty five thousand dollars on tickets. They found another way to spend a hundred and forty thousand more dollars to go to the Super Bowl. Well, each of them needed an apple each day. (laughs) That's like three hundred bucks. Three hundred dollars. And listen, the tickets they bought were only in the 300 level. They did not get good tickets. They were in the 300 sections. So they weren't even, they didn't even spend I mean, money don't on you, good tickets. I mean, aren't you okay with like two or three people? I mean, you have to, you should go if you're hosting a Super yes. Bowl to see what a Super Bowl looks like and meet with the NFL because the book that they have to abide by is bigger than the studio. So I do think you probably have questions say, okay, the transportation, the this, that. It is a massive, if you think the draft is massive, to host the Super Bowl, it is a massive, massive undertaking. So if you want to send two or three people, I have no problem with that. Like a couple of these people, though, I don't know what they were doing. Right. Abs- no problem if it was like, hey, they spent $45,000 yeah. on two people to go to the Super Bowl. But $164,000 and we paid for an employee of the Raiders? And MGM? Yeah, MGM to go to the Super Bowl? Me off a little more. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we paying for these random people who don't even work for the LBCVA like, to go? LBCVA employees and, like, the Super Bowl committee, uh, head of the Super Bowl committee, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't know what the Raiders <laughs> were doing there or MGM or Nevada. And the guy who used to be the Gaming Control Board. Well, that's, the, that's the one guy. I want to know who the former chairman of the Gaming Control Board was. I'm sure Alan had the name. He's not. Yeah, he'd, I'd have to look it back up. But he's not even the current Gaming Control Board head. He just used to be the head of it. Yeah, we'll pay for you to go to the Super Bowl. Good use of public money. Good thing we got the Super Bowl because then they can they can justify going. They couldn't justify it beforehand. They how would they justify going to the Super Bowl before we were getting it? They'd be like, "Well, we got to try to get it." Oh, sending sending eight or yeah. nine people when we didn't even have it, right? They'd have been like, "We got to try to get it, guys." That's like every that's like all cities sending someone hoping they get it in the future. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be great? Like a big a big convention of people. Who are from other cities? Do you have a Super Bowl? No, but we're trying. We're Jackson, trying. Mississippi, we're the YMCA like, trying one. We're sending four people to yes. the Super Bowl to try to land one. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. All right, here's a quote from John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers, when asked about Debo Samuel. I can't envision a scenario where we would move on. He's just too good of a player. Now, he also said yesterday something to the effect of we'll always listen to offers. They're still, they're going to trade him, right? I think Guy they're going to trade him. I think, they, I think they trade him at the draft. Right? Like, they're, well, yeah, we'll see. That would be like, probably the time isn't to the optimize. Jet, isn't the Jets the team? that, that They, they want Tyree Kill, so conceivably okay. they want Debo Samuel as well. So, okay. Yeah, they make a trade. I. It's just funny to hear... He's too good to trade when he's sort of demanded a trade and might not show up for yes. you again. It's like, yeah, you might be forced to trade him even if you don't actually want to. Coming up next, Vernon Davis joins the show. This traffic report is brought to you by Meineke, where you can get a basic oil change for only $29.95. Still slowing from that earlier accident, 95 southbound near Casino Center. Also an accident, 95 southbound at Cheyenne Avenue. Highs today, right around 90 degrees in the valley. This traffic report is brought to you by Meineke, where you can get a basic
exchange for only $29.95. For all auto repairs, I only trust one place with Meineke. Meineke Car Care. With financing options, I can fix now and pay over time. Can you believe these guys? At participating locations, subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payment required. See store for details. Meineke locations are independently owned and operated. Wake up with a CW and start your day with the Wagners. Catch top stories, traffic, weather, and have a little fun, too. Weekday mornings at 8 on the CW Las Vegas, Channel 33, Cox Cable 6. Breaking news, top stories, your weather authority, and sports. We have it all in a fast-paced 30-minute newscast, so you can stay informed and get going with what's next. Watch the CW News at 10. Hey, Steph. Yeah, John? You know Finley Toyota sold over 30 cars on Monday? On a Monday? Yeah, on Monday. On Monday? Yes, on Monday. I thought we were low on stock. Steph, we literally get tons of cars all week. Our customers at Finley Toyota can have anything they want. Even on a Monday? Not just Monday, but every day. On any day of the week, Finley Toyota will do anything to sell you a car. We'll do anything. Even on Mondays. To sell you a car. Hey Chuck, first of all, can you tell us what it means to be a direct lender? You ever see those ads on TV for payday loans from Money Mutual and other companies? You know, they had Montel Williams as their spokesperson. Oh, I've seen them all the time. Well, they're what's called a lead generator. Check the disclaimer at the bottom of their website. It'll clearly say, this is not a lender. When you see this, it means they just gather your information and sell it. Oh, so Dollar Loan Center is a direct lender and you lend your money. <laughs> yep, literally my money. You deal directly with us and only us. Just be careful out there and read the fine print before you give up your data. That was Chuck, founder of Dollar Loan Center, where you can get a signature installment loan up to five grand in just minutes. You can also apply over the phone or online at don'tbebroke.com. Licensed by the Data Financial Institutions Division. Customer must meet the normal loan qualifications. Review loan qualifications. Visit us at don'tbebroke.com. Certain limitations may apply. Loans are subject to approval. Since 1927, Volvo has made cars safe, personal, and sustainable. With soaring fuel prices, there's never been a better time to discover the new extended-range Volvo T8 hybrids. The new Volvo plug-in hybrids provide the benefits of a full electric vehicle while also having a gas engine for those longer trips. Visit the brand-new Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas, located in the southwest at Rainbow in the 215 and online at finleyvolvo.com. What's up? It's Tyler Bischoff from the Press Box. And the best place to catch the NFL Draft is at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, especially at Money Baby, the new sports and entertainment viewing venue that puts you at the center of the action. Multiple screens, indoor, outdoor lounge seating, plus 86-cent draft beer until the Raiders make their 86th overall pick. It's Money Baby at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, the best spot to watch the NFL Draft. For an unforgettable Mother's Day, present the mother in your life with a memorable piece of diamond jewelry from Sky Diamonds and get 20% off. Visit skydiamonds.com. Some exclusions apply. The new name for the Las Vegas National Lacrosse League team set to start play in December at the Mick Ultra Arena inside Mandalay Bay will be called the Desert Dogs, and they will be coached by Sean Williams. Press Box Path to the Draft here on ESPN Las Vegas 1100 AM and 100.9 FM is brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas.
Joining us now, former NFL tight end Vernon Davis. Good morning, Vernon. How are Hi, you? Vernon. Maybe we don't have Vernon Davis. Vernon, do you hear us? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, hey, there 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 is. How are you today, Vernon? Good. How you guys doing? We're good. All right. I have a very important question for you because the NFL draft in Vegas is going to have some fun, interesting things, including a red carpet across the Bellagio fountains. Would you have wanted to walk across a stage or a red carpet on top of fountains when you got drafted? Oh, no, I'm not walking across no fountains. (laughs) (laughs) Would you be afraid that you would fall in? Oh, yeah, I would be. I would be very afraid. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Verdon, I've asked people, uh, Mike Pritchard, uh, Randall Cunningham, hey, there's uh, Lincoln Kenny this week. This wanted to ask you, you were the uh, sixth pick overall in 2006. What do you remember most about that draft day? They all have kind of crazy, funny stories about mm-hmm. where they were and what was happening around them. What do you remember most? I think for me is um, I remember my family, just my family and just my friends coming up to support me and and just being a part of something really special. I mean, it's just, it was a, that was a moment that I'll never forget in my life. And I really enjoyed it. It was, um, I don't really have any funny stories. The only story I have is that my suit was really big. And when I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> Wait, was it intentionally really big? Because that's the style you were going for? I don't know if it was the style I was going for or if the, or if the tailor just made my suit. <laughs> really big <laughs> because there, there's a lot of pictures you look back at uh, normally it's NBA where like you know Tracy McGrady gets drafted and he's wearing a suit that is like looks like it would fit Shaq but Tracy McGrady's the one wearing it so maybe maybe you just got <laughs> you got screwed by the the timing there um I'm I'm curious your thoughts on uh Darren Waller he has two years left on his current contract but he doesn't have any guaranteed money and he's also outside the top 15 in terms of like tight end pay for this coming up season. Do you think like he should hold out? Would you look at him, his situation right now and say, that's a guy that should hold out for a, a better contract. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that would, that would definitely be a situation that for him and his, he and his agent, uh, I, I think personally, if, if they're using certain things against him, and saying he doesn't have the numbers or, you know, things things just aren't there, I, I would probably, I would consider holding out for sure. I definitely would. How has how has the position changed? You retired and t- followed 2019, so, you know, not long ago. But year to year, does the position change in your mind in terms of who's playing tight end nowadays? Yeah, I think the position continues to evolve each and every year. I think guys like, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, they've really taken the position and, and really owned it. You, you know, they're they're doing everything. Um, they're doing some unique things, things that I didn't do when I was playing. And um, like George Kittle, he's he's uh, he has every everything that you could possibly want in a tight end. I mean, he can run really well. He can um, he can block. He can he has the ability to to make guys miss. Um, he just do some things that, you know, he's doing things differently. I mean, I, I just, I think he's really, he really has a unique skill set and he's, he's proven that he can play the game at a very high level and, you know, tight ends, they're getting drafted. They have a lot, some big shoes to fill. Vernon Davis with 
you are going to be a part of a celebrity basketball game here in Las Vegas that includes Floyd Mayweather and Antonio Brown? Yes, yes. I think the, this basketball game is going to be pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure who's confirmed with the game, but I think it's going to be a great opportunity for fans to really uh, see people that they love and, you know, players that they love. And, it's you know, it'd be a, a lot of great interacting there. And uh, I think it'd be awesome. You know, we're playing for a good cause. So I think it's, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to being in Vegas. It's uh, April 30th, this Saturday at the Cox Pavilion. How how good are you at basketball? <laughs> you know what? You guys can laugh all you want. I'm pretty good. Okay. Okay. Are, are you going to be the best good. one no, out there? No. Please be no, better. No, I'm not going to say I'm going to be the best one out. Oh. I, I'm, you know, I used to play basketball when I was young. I played against Kevin Durant in high school. And, um, you know, since my, since my career in football, I haven't really played much basketball. But, you know, I'm going to go out there and do really – I think I'm going to do really well. I think I'm going to hold my own. Hold on. How was playing against Kevin Durant in high school? Was that was? Please tell me that was like the moment you decided to play football. Where you're like, well, I'm not that good. Well, he was 95 pounds, so I could move my weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Vernon Davis, and again, the Parlor Game Celebrity Basketball Classic at the Cox Pavilion. It's this Saturday. Uh, you can get your tickets at unlvtickets.com. Vernon, we appreciate it. Thanks for Thanks, joining Vernon, us. Thanks, Vernon. Appreciate it. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. So there is Vernon Davis, former NFL tight end, a part of the celebrity basketball game out at the Cox Pavilion. Floyd's pretty on good Saturday, on Saturday. Is he? Floyd Mayweather's pretty good. I don't know how Gronk is. Gronk, uh, yeah, Gronk, Gronk would be just funny to watch. Okay, so looking at the picture, Floyd Mayweather, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Those are the three athletes on the picture. I do not know the other three people on the picture. I looked at that picture and I was with you. Okay. I had no idea who those people were. Okay, good. You know who's really good? This will surprise you. Justin Bieber. Yes. Is that who you were going to say? Yes. Oh, okay. How did you know that? Because he plays in the all in the NBA All-Star and Celebrity Games. Oh, yeah. He's really good. Yeah. yeah so is Kevin Hart. Jared, I don't think your mic's is on. Kevin... Jared's been talking for like Yeah, my seconds, mic was not his on. Mic was he, not well, on. You were, your mic was on loud enough to hear you laughing at him. And then he said, you guys can laugh all <laughs> yeah. you want, but I'm a pretty good basketball player. All right. Can we draft Vernon Davis onto our show's pickup game against Q. I mean, technically friend of the show. Wait a minute. They got Sam Gordon. We can take Vernon Davis, right? We can take Vernon Davis. Yeah. Okay. All right. Coming up next. I don't know what we're doing next. Shot blocked by Doncic. Picked up by Pollock. Oh, Luka feeling it here in the third quarter. And he's got it on the left side. And a heat check three is good. All these bus riders, they don't mean nothing to me. If you ain't driving the bus, don't walk around and tell about you're a champion. If you riding the bus, I don't want to hear it. Come on, Shaq, tell them. All these guys walk around with these championship rings. Hey, y'all bus riders. But let That's me tell you something. When you bust, when you the bus driver and you got all that pressure where you have to play well, are you going to get to blame? That's a different animal. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Does Charles Barkley have that same opinion if he had won a title as the second best player on probably the team? Probably not. No, <laughs> probably not. Like he has that opinion because he did not win a title. Right. And Charles Barkley wants to be like, well, I was the best player on teams. We just weren't good enough to win the title. Had he been the second best player on a team that won a championship, he would be like, oh, yeah, ride the bus all right. day. Ride it sure, to ride a title. It up. Start it up and great. ride it.
But it, that never actually happened for him. So that's his opinion. And the funny thing is Shaq 100% agrees with him because Shaq is like, I won titles as the best player on the team. So this is, uh, yeah, exactly. If you didn't win it as the best player, get out of here. You're not nearly as good. This is going to be a bad draft, isn't it? Uh, people are saying it's the worst draft in a long, long, long time. Oh, my God. Did we, like, I can't even, I mean, I go through these mock drafts. I'm like, eh, all right, all right. <laughs> I mean, I, I want quarterbacks taken. I want, like, yeah. exciting players. I want things like that to happen. All right. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at four verts. Uh, Charles, is this going to be one of the worst drafts ever? Um, I don't know. I think at least the, the, the top of it is not that interesting. I think, uh, and I, I think the, the Jaguars being like unable to find any suitors for the number one pick, uh, which is pretty rare. Cause you know, I feel like even, even in a year where there isn't a quarterback, usually like there's some prospect that teams really want at the top that you're really the chase for, whether it's like a mouth gear type player. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't really exist here. Uh, I think that there's, uh, a lot of value within like the, once you get past like the top twelve picks or so, I think there's a lot of value to have. Uh, once you hit like that, you know that eight plus range, uh, but it's not a great year to have. Uh, I think like you know top three or top five pick just because it doesn't really feel like you're getting the value back that you normally would. Where you know you're you're picking up the top five of the draft and you feel good about getting like an all pro Pro Bowl type of player, but that's a tougher dice roll this year. No matter what John Lynch says, they're not trading the New York Jets call. Maybe they already have and said you can have the fourth pick for Debo Samuel. Do you do it? Uh, no, not the fourth pick. Maybe a tenth pick. Uh, but the fourth pick, I don't know. Seems a little bit high. Uh, and I, I, it, it's not just the fourth pick. It's the pick plus the extension, uh, which is basically like, you know, you're kind of paying twice for Debo uh, if right. you want to look at it that way. So I, I don't think that they'll trade the fourth pick, maybe the tenth and you get the 49 send a pick back because uh, the, the, the worry to me with Debo is I actually think that when you watch him play, uh, the, he can, he can do more than what Shanahan has, you know, kind of confined him to in that offense. But the problem is like, he just happens to be a really damn good running back at the same time as being uh, a good receiver. So, you know, I, I, I understand why, Shanahan uses him the way he does, and I also understand why Debo might be like, yo, I'm trying to play for 10 more years, and if I keep doing this, uh, I won't. So, I, uh, <laughs> okay, hey, you can listen to this season going out of Christian McCaffrey and all these other guys and said, that cannot be me. So, I understand why he wants to get out of here and try to get that money elsewhere and potentially a system that will allow him to do a little bit more than uh, kind of be the battering room when they really need a first down or a couple of yards like they did uh, in the playoffs against Green Bay, but uh, it's just kind of a, a sticky situation because if you're John Lynch, you know, this is what you draft Debo to be. You know, you draft him to become this guy that you hope he turns into be if he does. And now, you know, you might be saying goodbye, which I think is why he's probably having a little bit of a tough time trying to rationalize how it got this bad this fast. I just love the idea that a lot of the question has been, can anybody else use Debo the same way that the 49ers did? Can anybody else get the same production out of him? And you're like, listen, Debo probably wants to get traded so he doesn't keep doing all that crap. Yes, the running, <laughs> running the football hurts a lot. <laughs> uh, it doesn't hurt as much as, you know, catching passes. And you know, even to me, if you just look at the way like that, um, the divisional game against the Packers ended with, basically Kittle and Debo lipping off the field. Uh, even if I was, even if I was Kyle Shanahan, I'm looking at that, you know, I will probably look at this, but Hey, 
these are two excellent players. Maybe we need tweaks and things so we can get them around here longer because I, I, I think it would be a real shame if Evo kind of got stuck in this running back role. I, because he, I, I, you know, as the season goes along, right, and they need more big plays and big plays, they're like, well, we're not going to throw you the ball, Evo. Just sit back there in the backfield and let you do your thing. But I, I think it's really easy to see why he wouldn't want to keep playing like that for the rest of his career because he's trying to make some money, not retire, you know? In this draft, what is Darren Waller worth if you move him? Oh, man. I don't know. I may not be rational because I think that, like, when you look at guys like Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, like, these are rare enough players that it's worth trading, like, a super premium pick for. I, I, I thought, like, the idea of him getting sent back in the Devontae Adams trade was not unreasonable because I, I think Darren Waller is, uh, that kind of player, but I'm I'm real interested that they might not like even just play this out for a year just to see how it looks because you know if you're trying to to stay up to date in the AFC West arms race, you're probably going to need someone like Darren Waller along with Devontae Adams uh, to keep up with the other superhuman quarterbacks in your division. So, uh, I think it's interesting that you know we're talking about a trade. It's interesting that you know they tried to or they explored the idea of trading at the very least with Devontae Adams, but they couldn't do it because something up with the contract, I think. Uh, so I, I I think that Darren Walls was like, probably like a top 20 pick to me, just because it's hard to find uh, these guys that are just pterodactyls and don't really have any holes in their game and can run like wide receivers while being inside the defensive end. Uh, and that skill set makes him rare enough to me, at least that you would probably want to try to figure out how to keep him long-term uh, even with their car contract, even with the Monte Adams contract, I know it would get uh, difficult. But hey, there are guys in the organization that get paid to figure out the math equations like that. Uh, Darren Waller right now has two years left on his deal, but none of it is guaranteed. And I believe he is the 17th highest paid tight end going into this upcoming season. Uh, if you were him, would you be holding out? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? The seventeenth, the seventeenth highest paid receiver in tight end in the league. Yeah, that's got to change today, buddy. <laughs> uh, so I, so I, I understand why he is holding out because, uh, like, I, I know he missed some games last year, uh, and uh, maybe he didn't have like the statistical season he was hoping for. But he's twenty nine years old. It's not like this peak is going to last forever. So he's worked really hard to get to this spot. Um, and, you know, I think the unfortunate thing for him is that at the start of his career, I wouldn't say waste his time because, you know, you're trying to figure yourself out and get healthy. But, you know, clock's ticking on, on how much money that you can realistically make in his career. So he's coming off, before this year at least, coming off back-to-back uh, thousand year seasons. He's got a season over 100 catches in 2020. I mean, he's one of the, the premier talent, tight end talents uh, in the NFL easily to me. So, uh, I would, I if I were him, I'd be like, Raider Sue, whoever is picking up that that uh, checkbook and rolling out the brick truck to my house, that's where I'm going. Uh, because, uh, it, like I said, it's just such a rare skill set to find. It's a really hard thing to find, and uh, when you start really looking at the, uh, you start looking at the tight end talent in the league. There's really only a couple guys where you can say. Okay, that guy's elite, and I think that Darren Waller absolutely fits into that case. He's just trying to get his money for that. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Would you, if you were them, like you said, 
try to let him play out the last year, even though it might mean a holdout, or Carr and Adams were essentially one-year deals that they could get out of, would you try to convince them of that and say, well, if it goes well, then the second year is going to be really good for you? Yeah, I would. I mean, it's tough because I think that Darren Waller is someone you would like to keep around, obviously, but um, there's a salary cap, even though I think the idea of the salary cap is other silly. Uh, you think about how much money these billionaires have, but that's a, a whole other story for uh, a different day. I, I you know, if, if I was him, I, I would, I would really be trying to get paid by Oakland, not Oakland, by Las Vegas now. Uh, I'm not sure like how much salary cap they have to make that happen. If they, is that something they could, you know, front load and do this year, or maybe you say, hey, we'll extend you, but the money won't come this year or come next year, but you'll get some big guarantees on the back end. Uh, it's just something that they're gonna have to figure out with Darren Waller. But yeah, I, I just think for the immediate future, you know, if you're the Raiders, you're looking at this like we've already made the decision to not rebuild, right? We, we saw the Broncos get Russell Wilson. We saw the Chargers upgrade their defensive line. We saw the Chiefs make moves. And to their credit, I think, I think it's a good thing because, you know, you don't just want to roll over and die, that they have kind of gone all in on trying to compete with the rest of the AFC West. Uh, and Darren Waller is a crucial part of, uh, what they can hopefully do, potentially do. We know Jocelyn Daniels has a lot of success with tight ends in the past, uh, even as recently as this past year with Hunter Henry and Matt Jones. So it, it's not hard to envision Darren Waller having just a monstrous year in his offense, especially with someone like DeMonte Addis next to him. Uh, and I think for the Raiders, figuring this out for the short term where Darren Waller is still on the roster matters a great deal for what their ceiling can do during the season. Charles McDonald with us. Follow him on Twitter at Four Verts. You are our uh, only Georgia football expert that we have on the show. That's right. Would you draft Trayvon Good Walker dog. with the first overall pick? No, I think that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, and I've, I've suffered enough heartbreak in my Georgia football, Atlanta Falcons football, Atlanta Hawks, uh, Charlotte Hornets, you know, lifetime of fandom that I can be realistic about this. And, you know, to me, Trevon, I, I get it if you want to take him first overall, but it's kind of like a scale of, like, <laughs> what you think you can get out of this. Uh, if you're a team where you're like, okay, we need someone to play today. We need someone that can get after the passer right now because, you know, we haven't looked like a football team in a long time. Cough, cough, Jacksonville. Uh, you probably should just go with Aiden Hutchinson. I, I think – there's still enough upside there because he, he did have a really nice combine look. I know he didn't run, you know, four five five like Javon did, but he had a really nice ten split, really great uh, shuttles and three cone times. And kind of when you're looking for edge rushers, he passes all the athletic tests with flying colors. Aiden Hutchinson. So it's not like he's like this flash of math, and he's just not the, you know, terrorizing force that we saw with Javon Walker uh, at the combine. But Walker is not. He's not ready to be a top-flight NFL pass rusher yet. I mean, I thought that when Georgia kind of played him on, like, the true edge reps, which he didn't get all that often, he was rushing off the edge. I, it wasn't really anything to get excited about. So, all right. But it's not the same thing as uh, Solomon Thomas, because I remember when Solomon Thomas was coming out, my big thing was, uh, all right, you're kind of getting demolished against the run. Like, basically every play where you're not knifing through the backfield – uh, that doesn't really happen with Javon. He's a lot sturdier, just a point of attack, and he can change with those 330, 340-pound offensive linemen that uh, he's going to see in the NFL. So 
when you look at Trevon, at least you get the baseline floor of, you know, a flex defensive lineman that can actually play flex defensive line. Because I think we get caught up with these guys that, oh, it looks so flashy, but the problem is, if you can't hold up against a base block, then you can't play really in the NFL. And that's kind of what happens to guys like, you know, Solomon Thomas and some of the other guys across the league where, you know, you're not getting that down and down consistency against the run. Trevon has that. So, you know, at least you're going to get to a spot where you can play him, but it's really on your coaching staff to figure out how good he can be. So if I'm someone like the Giants at five and I've got Andre Patterson and we've got a long history of developing guys, uh, you know, going back to Daniel Hunter, Brian Robertson, guys like that for the Vikings in all those years. Um, that would be a, a much more intriguing situation to me than if I was someone like Jacksonville and we, we've stuck for a long time and we can't really, can't really do this again. So let's take the, the short thing with that upside with Aiden Hutchinson and then, you know, maybe another one who seems to take Javon Walker. But to me, Javon Walker is a high floor player with basically unlimited upside, but at the same time, he's really far away from being where he needs to be as a pass rusher. And, you know, the thing is with draft prospects, you can never assume that they get there. You kind of have to work with what they are right now to a degree. And right now, I don't think he's working in one good. Before we let you go, what do you hope the Atlanta Falcons do with the number eight overall pick? And what do you think they actually do? Uh, I want them to do something shiny. Like, I don't give a damn about all people like, oh, you take a tackle because that's smart. Take an edge rusher, that's smart. Yeah, it would be smart. But we're past that, okay? We're past that. It's been five years of nonsense. Let's just dive in a little bit more. I want Jameson Williams, Jimmy Drake London, Jordan Davis, something that makes you go, ooh, that's interesting. That's shiny. Like, I get it. If Thibodeau is there at eight, of course, like, the smart thing to do would just be to take him. But the more fun thing to do would be to pair Drake London with Kyle Pitts. Hmm? How about that? So I think that they should take a receiver uh, because I – I still think Kyle really is ever going to play another snap for the Falcons. I think that's extremely good. I think, you know, even even if he hadn't got suspended, he would be on a different team right now. So uh, you still desperately need a wide receiver. Uh, and it'd be fun. You got Kyle Pitts. Go get Jameson Williams. You're not in a spot you're going to compete anyway. So uh, you can afford to have a retro year, and hopefully you can get a quarterback in the draft next year. Uh, but I think they're probably going to take I, – I actually do think – you know, educated guessing, hashtag sources a little bit. I do think James Williams was pretty high probability for them at eight, but, you know, Jermaine Johnson is still in the mix and also an offensive tackle of someone like Evan Neal or Charles Cross would have five, but they would be uh, heavily considered as well. Well, he is Charles McDonald. Again, follow him on Twitter at four verts. Charles, as always, we Thanks, appreciate Charles. it. Thanks, Charles. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Take care. So there's Charles McDonald. Uh, Knows Georgia football more than anybody else we've ever talked to on the show, and he would not take Trayvon Walker number one overall, which is phenomenal. All right, we've got more tickets to give away. This time you're going to see the Colt. They're coming to House of Blues on May 8th. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster, but you can win a pair right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100 to go see the Colt. 
what did Steve Cofield and his company say today? I was at an event where there was somebody just destroying everyone's hands. Yeah. And I was like, I thought we said I had this one thing. This? It was the one good thing that was supposed to come out of the I, pandemic. I, no more handshakes we ever. We said it. Now we would be disciplined and only fist bump. What are we doing? All I'm doing is shaking hands lately. I shook like eight hands. And oh. then afterwards I'm in the car and I'm like, eh. I look at my right hand like, eh, what are you doing? It's Cofield and Company, Monday through Friday on ESPN Las Vegas. The 2-1. Swing and a drive into right field and hit well. Tucker going back. It is over his head off the track and the wall. That brings in Lowe and Calhoun. Simeon coming down the line. Three score on the double to right by Adolis Garcia. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Sergio. He is going to see the cult. The Astros suck, Ed. They cannot score any runs. Uh... They're terrible. I don't understand what's happening. They can't hit. Hey, they're they're a mean, team full of Cody Bellingers at the moment. Your whoa, guys, whoa, whoa, last, whoa, year, whoa, last year's whoa. Cody Bellinger. Whoa, whoa. He didn't do anything last night, which means tonight he's getting two he hits. He was over again last yes, night. So, so, it, so it continues. Oh, it's, it absolutely continues. He will get two hits tonight, <laughs> which is amazing. One of the funniest streaks ever. Yes. Is that Cody Bellinger has two hits and then no hits. And then two hits and then no hits. And continues he's that a, trend. Yeah, he's averaging about 250. That's listen. If he has two hits every other game, he is going to be one of the best hitters in the sport. Yes, Cody Bellinger, my guy, was National League Player of the Week. There you go. He's How back, Ed. He's back. He's back. Belly's back. All right. So we have a new team in Las Vegas, a lacrosse team. This morning, they announced their nickname, their logo, and their color scheme. They are the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. So first off, your initial reaction to the nickname Desert Dogs. Well, I don't know box lacrosse. I'm going to put that out there. I know lacrosse. I don't know what the difference is. So the Desert Dogs, I don't have as big a problem with as I do something else. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get yeah. to something No, I don't, have, I don't have a problem with Desert uh, Dogs. You? I don't. Desert Dogs is demonstrably fine. Um, fine. It's. I don't think it's a particularly great nickname, but I did look up other lacrosse teams in this league and what their names are. And it fits in because other teams are named Firewolves, Thunderbirds, Roughnecks, Nighthawks, Riptide, Desert Dogs fits okay, that's into fine. the, that, that's the fine. general naming system yes. of this National Lacrosse League. I still don't think it's a very good name. Like, I think in our in Las Vegas, we have two teams with excellent names, the Las Vegas Aces and the Las Vegas Lights. I think those two teams have terrific names. Raiders, Knights, Rebels are fine. Desert Dogs is fine. Aviators is is uh, a decent name, but the logo is not very good either. So I don't think they they could have been better being in Las Vegas, but it's perfectly fine. What do you have a big problem with? I'm not so sure. And here's the thing: I'm not a logo guy. Oh, but you're turning into one. No, there's no. A, he's turning is, into a is, uniform guy. Remember? Is the logo? Is the um. Is there an L on the top of the logo, or am I misplacing this? No, you're right. What is what is the thing on the top of the? Is it the desert dog's face? What is that? Yeah, no, it's an L. It for the, so that's for Las Vegas. Looks like an upside down seven. There's that's an for L. Las Vegas. It, you see what else goes with the L, v, right? You got the V. Yes, there's an L and a V. Yeah. I oh, just, their eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's I, a, I just I can't start being a logo guy. I know yeah, you are. are. Yeah, you are. You're becoming I, I one. Know right. you're gonna look at me. you. You're I know you're going to tell me what you think. The I know you, what you're going to you. tell me. That's a, that's a coyote, right? It's a wolf. Okay. It 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 doesn't look like a dog. 
Yeah, yeah, it does. It's if you consider a wolf or a coyote a dog. Like when you say desert dog, you think more coyote. You Coyotes. Don't, you don't think the Shih Tzu at my house. I mean, based on living in Las Vegas for as long as I have, I do think. <laughs> uh, I think so I'm a Chihuahua, to be honest with you. The logo is—I uh, would say it's very two-dimensional. There's zero depth to it. I don't—I uh, don't have a big problem with that. But there is an L and a V within the wolf head right. or the coyote head, whatever type of dog you want that to be. There is an LV within that. Uh, one of my friends pointed out to me this morning. It just looks like there's an L on the forehead of the dog. Yes. And you don't want L's when you're a sports team. Right. So I understand until what I they were realized, trying to do. Like Jared said, until I realized what the eyebrows were, I yes. stopped and I said, why is that L there? <laughs> I was, I'm genuinely going, why is there an upside down seven? Because it's not a very good L either. So the logo's fine as well the l might be bad i wish they didn't have the lacrosse sticks in the background i wish it was just the head of the dog but there's two lacrosse sticks crossing the background can i tell you what i hate the most about it well of course you're going to their color scheme is just black and white that's not a color scheme because there's no color if your color scheme is black and white that's the worst part of this entire branding from the lacrosse team because a, have some fun with it. You're a lacrosse team, right? B, you're in Las Vegas. Have some fun with it. You're in Las Vegas. And C, the most popular sports team in the city is black and silver, yeah. and you're black and yeah. white. Like, come on now. Could these guys be trying to pull a Bill Foley and there'll be new there'll be new uniforms at different colors throughout their existence? They don't have a single color in it, though. Like, well, they could, that's what I'm saying. They could come with colors. They could all come of with Bill colors. Foley's, all of the jerseys of the Golden Knights are within their color scheme. Okay. Yeah, the ones that we like well, are the ones that aren't. I in always their like, color. like the St. Patrick's. Thing yeah, well, but they don't. They don't like wear the those in actual. Ones. They don't no, wear those no. in actual games. No, exactly. Those are just warm-up jerseys or sold to fans for fun. Those like are actual um, game jerseys. Like the military with the camouflage ones, yeah. the I like the same. The, they do Day Chinese ones. New Year. They do. Yeah. They do a lot of them. And but those are always just warm ups for a cause or something. Their actual jerseys are always gray, white, gold, or red. They haven't had a actual jersey that's not in the color scheme. The lacrosse team doesn't have a single color in their color scheme. It's just black and white. So all their jerseys are going to be black and white until they introduce a new color. You want to follow the Raiders? Who black and silver? That's kind of stupid, isn't it? I'd like some color. Right. It'd be, way like more, color, it'd be yeah. more fun. I'd like some color, and I love Jared's uh, view of this as a backwards, uh, a backwards seven. Better than an L.